This is the Journal of Ecology podcast. I'm Scott Chamberlain. Ethan White is a professor at Utah State University. I caught up with him at the recent Ecological Society of America meeting in Minnesota in August to chat about his macroecology research. Yeah, I'm Ethan White. I'm an associate professor at Utah State University, and I study uh, ecology at, at continental to global scales and, and macroecological sort of general patterns. So you gave a talk uh, at ESA um, earlier this week. Um, what Can you just describe what it was about? Yeah, so my lab is really interested in general theories of ecology that have the potential to sort of explain or make predictions for ecological systems across ecosystems and taxonomic groups. And so my talk was about a specific theory that we've been evaluating and trying to apply, uh, developed by John Hart's group at the University of California, Berkeley, called the Maximum Entropy Theory of Ecology. What problem was your study, uh, like this specific, I assume you're talking about a specific paper or a set of papers? Yeah, this like is... What what problem was your study trying to solve, just testing that theory? We have a large number of patterns that we study in ecology and also a large number of processes that may be mm-hmm. interacting in potentially complicated ways to form those patterns. So we have an extremely large number of ways in which we can try to combine those two to understand what's going on in ecological systems. And so one of our big motivators with this research is to try to identify theories that successfully link patterns together in useful ways so that they simplify the study of ecological systems in general. And this is something that that Hart's model does in a way that's uh, sort of even more extreme than many of the other general theories because it bridges two traditionally distinct areas of ecological research. One, studying uh, sort of the distribution of abundance among species and then across space, sort of classic community structure work, And another, which has more uh, been sort of metabolic theory-related work of trying to understand relationships between body size and abundance. So what was your your sort of methodological approach to answering the question? Yeah, so one of the things that I really believe strongly in is if we're going to test these general theories that are really designed in such a way as to apply across a wide variety of species groups and, and across a variety of ecosystems, is that we should be testing them uh, in the same way. So many tests of ecological theory focus on studying a single taxonomic group at a single site. And it's fairly clear that that doesn't generalize very well. It doesn't give us a general answer to whether that theory uh, is really doing a good job of predicting empirical data. And so what we've been working on in my lab is compiling large amounts of existing ecological data together Uh, to answer questions in as general a way as possible now so that we don't have to keep coming back and reevaluating the same theory uh, using different ecosystems and taxonomic groups and sort of taking a long time to really understand how well that theory works. Mm -hmm. And so for at least one of these patterns, we assembled data uh, from almost 16,000 different communities around the globe uh, that included data on almost 9,000 species, uh, data from six continents, four major taxonomic groups, including birds, mammals, plants, and insects, uh, and including data on almost 50 million individual organisms, uh, so that we would get a really general test of this theory. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, can you describe uh, some of your main findings? Yeah, so on some axes, uh, this theory performs extremely well with a very small number of inputs. And in fact, the inputs on this theory are just the species richness, the total number of individuals, the total resource use, and the area of the sample. And with that, it predicts a large number of different patterns. And some of those patterns it predicts very well with these limited number of inputs, and that includes one of the canonical patterns in ecology, the species abundance distribution, which is basically a complete characterization of the commonness and rarity of species occurring at a site. It also does an excellent job at predicting the distribution of individual body sizes. So if we just look at the size of every individual in the community, this theory tells us what that distribution looks like. And finally, it does a very good job of predicting the species area relationship, which is not only one of the best studied patterns in ecology, one of the longest standing patterns in ecology, but also one that we use on a very regular basis for important applied reasons related to estimating diversity at different scales, prioritizing regions for conservation, and estimating the impacts of of habitat fragmentation on on biodiversity. So those three uh, predictions of the theory work very well, but there are also three other predictions that the theory doesn't uh, perform nearly as well at. In particular, there's a classic relationship in ecology relating the average body size of a species and the number of individuals in that species. The theory doesn't work very well for that. It also doesn't perform very well at predicting the distribution of individual body sizes within a single species. Uh, It doesn't do very well there. And finally, if we look at the spatial patterns uh, in a more sophisticated way than the species area relationship using the idea that communities get more and more dissimilar the farther and farther apart they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, The theory doesn't do nearly as good a job predicting that pattern. So do you you have any any thoughts as to how the theory could be, you know, changed or added to or maybe a whole new, you know, a whole new uh, way to approach it that would predict those, better predict those patterns that weren't predicted? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think it's one that we don't ask enough in ecology. Uh, I think we need to sort of do a better job in ecology in general of taking the way that theories fail and using those failures to inform the next generation of theory. And I think that's really important because if we really push theories in the way that we have pushed this one, we ask them to make predictions across ecosystems and across taxonomic groups and even across a broad array of patterns, I think right now in ecology, the theories are inevitably going to fail. And so with that in mind, if we value these theories at all, what we need to do is iterate on them and improve them. And in fact, we've been actively working with John Hart's group all along, sort of passing back uh, the information that we're getting from these detailed empirical analyses to them so that they can reevaluate and sort of attempt to compensate for them in the theory. And I was actually just talking to them a few months ago, and they have sort of a new iteration of the theory that they're working on right now that addresses several of the shortcomings that we've identified from the empirical data. How how general are these results? I mean, they're obviously very general, but, like, are there still cases in which um, you would expect these results to not hold? 
Yeah, it's a good question. So some of the results are really general. Some of these patterns are more difficult to obtain data on. We're still really data limited in a lot of ways. Uh, and so some of them, I think it's less clear. They certainly generalize to plant communities, but how far they generalize beyond that is difficult to say. Whether or not there are specific cases in which we expect these patterns not to hold is also really interesting. Hart has proposed that these sorts of models may not work in disturbed systems or in systems that are undergoing rapid transitions. Mm. And the idea behind this is that these are these sort of most likely state of the system models uh, that make perfect sense when everything's at relative equilibrium, but if the system has been really sort of drastically disturbed, mm -hmm. uh, the patterns may not be keeping up with the changes uh, okay. in the, the parameters in effect or the constraints in these sorts of models. Mm, okay. And so, so those, what are examples of those types of ecosystems like, um, like you know, uh, riverine areas where there's been a, a washout and then it's sort of a new community coming in or like a volcanic eruption and then that, that sort of thing? Exactly. So some, some, I think my impression is that these are fairly extreme disturbances yeah. in concept, uh, but I also think that this could be evaluated by looking across a gradient of, of disturbances and kind of looking to right. see what would happen. Uh, so, so what do you plan to do uh, to build on this? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked a, bit, a little bit about, like, you're working with John Hart to sort of modify the theory and then, and then test it. Anything else? That's true. I mean, I don't really know is the truth right now because <laughs> I'm getting ready to go on sabbatical, and mostly right. what I want to do is something Other completely stuff. different for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what do you think could be interesting to do? Uh, sort of to expand on this yeah. stuff? Even if you're not going to do it. I, I think the real challenge at this point and what I'm interested in more generally going forward is, is sort of figuring out what the best general theories are for giving us a relatively simple characterization of ecological systems that can unite uh, some of the diversity of pattern that we have in ecology and therefore allow us to work out at, lar at the large spatial scales that, that we potentially really need to work at in order to address some of the major issues in ecology. And whether or not that's going forward with this particular model, and I think it certainly has some promise, or exploring other models which we're also doing, such as neutral theory-based models and fractal-based models, I think the, the overarching goal and the thing that's guiding us going forward is, is trying to find this sort of starting point, simplified general theory for understanding macroecological patterns and, mm -hmm. and characterizing ecological system at ways that work across spatial scales. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, well, thanks. That's yeah, you bet. <laughs>